Welcome back to the 12th episode of the On the Hill podcast, the official podcast of the Hilltop Monitor, hosted by Brendan Day and myself, Evan Highfill. This this is the last episode before we are all back on campus, which I'm very excited about. And in this episode, we're covering a lot of stuff. We're primarily focusing on Rush Week, which is next week. Um, and our thoughts on that, we got some sound bites from um, every fraternity on what it's like to be a part of their fraternity, so we're going to play those. Also, we have a sports recap, um, which will recap all the basketball and swimming events that have taken place over the past month or so. Uh, we're also going to talk. Um, we're also going to talk a little NFL football, and of course, we're going to talk about Morgan Wallen's new album and our thoughts on that. Prior to all that, both Brendan and I will be sharing our usual weekly mishap. So we got a full slate for you today, obviously. It's going to be a long one, so sit back, relax, and hope you enjoy the show. As always, roll the intro. All right, so welcome back to the 12th episode, I think, of the podcast. I'm here with Brendan. It's just us two again today. Our intern is hanging out with the girl, I guess. So he won't be joining in, which is sad. He's slacking. But anyway, we're going to get right into my my weekly mishap, which really just happened. Um, so as you know, we we everybody had to take their COVID test, and all three of us signed up for the do it at home, you know. I was no different. So I did it at home yesterday morning, which we're recording this on Wednesday. So did it on Tuesday, like everybody else had to do. And yeah, I did it. It was like at 730 in the morning, I had to do it before I went to work. So, you know, it was kind of crazy and everything. And uh, what the big mistake I made was whenever you go take the COVID test, don't you remember everything you have to do with your phone? You didn't register it? Yeah, I did not. Re- I didn't touch my oh. phone during this process. Oh, no. So I take the barcode. I take the barcode off the slip, literally write my name on it, spit in the thing, put the thing around it, and stuff it in the package and send it off. And today, oh, today, today I'm just sitting downstairs in my basement, and I'm like, you know, I haven't gotten the text that it's been to the place yet, and I figured since I'm local, it should have already arrived. And then I started like panicking. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then I realized I was like, I did not use my phone at all. And crap, what am I supposed to do now? So I emailed Shelly King, who's like the head of the COVID thing and uh, got that. And then I was like, well, should I just, let me just text coach and see if he has any advice. So I text coach um, <laughs> and then he's like, well, well, it sounds like they're li- there's literally no way for them to read your test most likely. And I, I agreed with him. I was like, there's probably no way. I mean, they obviously have my test, but how are they going to connect it and like inform me that I passed or not didn't pass? So he's like, well, they're doing testing on campus today till four. And he's like, you might as well just drive up here. <laughs> and I was like... Well, I really don't want to do that. Uh, I don't want to spend two hours in the car today. 
as I'm like, so I, I actually try to call uh, Shelly King and ask her what I, <laughs> what advice she should give me this is great. in this situation. Because like I said, I didn't want to drive up there and I really didn't want to drive up there and be like, oh, it says that you were supposed to take it at home. Looks like you can't take it here. And then I would have wasted two hours. Well, anyway, in the midst of my calling, in the midst of me and my dad, just, you know, semi arguing back and forth about this situation, I get an email. And this email is from the testing center. And in this email, <laughs> it literally has my barcode verification number and my name. And it has the link to take me to the website to do it. And it literally says in the email, just type in your verification code. We just need you to activate your thing so that it's connected and everything. I was like, this is literally perfect. Are you kidding me? This is perfect timing. And I, like I said, I was literally going to grab my keys out of my cubby and drive all the way up there on my way to do that. And yeah, so it came in super clutch, got that all filled out. And I don't know. I still don't know how, I guess, I guess the reason why they have you write your name on the little barcode thing is for situations like that. So Probably. shout out to that clinic or whatever for the guy who emailed me. Um, you really saved my day. Um, it would have made nice. it 10 times better if you had to, if you were like 40 minutes into your drive to school and then you got the email. Yeah. That would have been fun. That would have been really fun. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was my weekly mishap. Luckily it got resolved though, had a happy ending and test results are still pending. We don't know what's going to happen, but I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty confident that I'm negative. Yeah, so am I. It's really funny because whenever I registered to get my test to come home, they were like in the email was making a big deal about how if you mess it up, you got to pay like 80 bucks for the test and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm going to mess this up. Like, I'm going to be the one to do this. And it, I'm glad you are the one that messed up. <laughs> I was so prepared for it too and everything. And I just, I don't know. Well, you want to hear my week? Well, I was like in a huge rush to get to work. So that's probably why. Yeah, probably. Because I woke up late, hit snooze too many times, and then just bad situation all around. Well, I don't know if this is, could be considered a weekly mishap, but I came home, and I wanted to take a shower. And obviously, it was pretty cold out, so I had a decent amount of layers on. And I have these socks. They're wool socks. and I don't know if you know what they are, but just wool socks that I had over top of my normal socks. And I was in my bathroom and normally like I have my bathroom to myself ever since my brother moved out. So normally I just like the lid is shut. Like, but my brother was at the house at the moment and I'm assuming he went to the bathroom earlier. And so the lid was open, but not a big deal. Right. It's normal. Okay. So I'm taking off my clothes and I take off my socks and I guess when I flipped off a sock, I flipped it into the toilet and it's a wool sock. So it's like a thick one. And I like, I'm going, I get in the shower, I take a shower and I get out and then I like pick up my clothes and take them to the, to the laundry room. And I only have one sock. I'm like, what is this? Where could I, my sock went, go back in the bathroom and just submerged at the bottom of the toilet was my sock. And I'm like, that is absolutely disgusting. Uh, like I pulled out, it is dripping wet. It was one of the grossest things I may have ever encountered, but 
um, yeah, I threw my sock in the toilet. I hope you enjoyed our stories there. Uh, we're now going to go to the sports recap. We're covering basketball and swimming. Since our last sports recap, the men and women's basketball teams have been extremely busy. I'm super happy that they've gotten the opportunity to be able to play and compete amidst the difficult situation surrounding the coronavirus. So let's dive straight into the men's season. Following their road trip to Indiana, they played Missouri State in Springfield uh, for a non-conference match in which they lost 64-73. Conference play resumed on December 18th at the Maybe Center for the Cardinals as they took on SBU in which they lost 71-89. In the loss, though, freshman Grant Stubbs picked up his first career double-double and a career high with 18 points and 12 rebounds. They then played Missouri S&T. Mason Alexander had a very efficient game going, going for 25 points on an impressive 9 for 13 from the field. They played a really solid game out rebounding the Miners 43 to 29 and shooting a season high 43% from the field. However, the Miners were able to knock down a lot of shots at a highly efficient rate leading to the Cardinals third loss 74 to 78. The next game was against Umsel. The Cardinals took an early lead in the first half after an extremely strong performance in the first half, shooting 50% from the field and leading by 7. The second half was a struggle for the Cardinals as they were held to just 24% from the field and only put up 17 points. The game ended with a loss for the Cardinals, 52-65. to During the game, Wiley got three blocks, which surpassed Chad Jones for second all-time on the blocks career list at Jewel. The next game, they hit the road to take on Truman State in Kirksville. Interestingly enough, Truman State is the 13th ranked team in the nation in D2 basketball. However, that didn't phase the Cardinals as they pushed them to the very end. The Cardinals were draining buckets left and right as they shot 48.3% from the field and 36% from downtown which is some of the best shooting they've had all season. However, 23 points by Wiley and 21 by Alexander was not enough to stop Truman State, and they ended up losing 77-82, to but a great performance considering how well-ranked Truman State was. The last game on the sports recap slate for the men's basketball team was against SBU. The Cardinals took an early lead, however, weren't able to keep it as they eventually lost 62-74. to the Cardinals finish up their four-game road trip this weekend against Rockhurst. We wish the Cardinals good luck and hope that they can pull some wins out moving forward. The men's team is currently 1-6. Now on to the women. The women have played nine games so far this season and seven since our last recap, so we got lots to talk about. Following the road trip to Indiana, they headed back to play Rock U. The Cardinals struggled to ever get the lead in the game and... The, the lead just slowly grew for the Hawks throughout the game. The Cardinals would lose 57-67. to Bradley poured in 22, and Tolson added 15. The Cardinals then hosted the number one ranked D2 school in the nation, Drury. As, as you can imagine, it, it made for a difficult game for the Cardinals. However, they fought hard, eventually falling 58-81. Finn led the Cardinals with 12 points and 7 boards. The Cardinals then had a non-conference matchup against D1 UMKC. They lost 60-80 against them. However, the game was still headlined by Kira Bradley, who scored 22 points on 8 of 13 shooting. The Cardinals then headed back home to play SBU. They made the game look easy, handling SBU 63-55. to 
Bradley dropped 24 points. We also want to give a shout-out to our fellow freshmen who had some great games. Elizabeth Ernstein scored 8 points in a matter of 3 minutes, which is pretty cool. Um, and Libby Arnold scored 6 points as well. Always love to see that our fellow freshmen are performing well. The Cardinals then had a, another home game against S&T. The Cardinals started out hot, putting up 29 points in the first quarter. The Cardinals played a very clean game, having only 9 turnovers and shooting 42% from downtown. Bradley had another very impressive game, going for 30-12. and 12. Sydney Offfield had a very interesting stat line as well. 4 points, 9 rebounds, 6 steals, and 9 assists. She... She definitely had a chance for a triple-double, which would have been pretty cool. The Cardinals easily handled S&T, winning 73-62. The next game was against Truman. The Cardinals ended up losing 63-77, but the game was headlined by Bradley scoring her 1,000th career point as a Cardinal. Kira reached this goal only 63 games into her career, uh, which is just under 16 points per game on average. Uh, she is the fastest Cardinal to ever reach this milestone, which means she she has pretty good potential to be the GOAT of Cardinals women basketball. So that's pretty cool, and congratulations to Kira. That's a big, big accomplishment. Annie Marie Bow got hot, pouring in 14 points in only 19 minutes of play. Ernstein also got her first start as a Cardinal in this game and took advantage of the moment, putting up 9 points. The last game on the women's Cardinal basketball slate was against SBU. They kept the game extremely close, but eventually would fall 60-66. to Tolson tied her career high with 20 points, and Kiera got another double-double with 17-12. and Claire Birch also had 8-10. and The women Cardinals basketball team is currently 3-6. and Once again, all of these games are broadcasted for free, so if you want to support your Cardinals, just go on GLVC's website or follow the William Jewell Athletic page on Twitter. They share all the links. The second sport that had some competition over the break was swimming. They headed to Springfield to take on Drury this past weekend. Both teams fell to Drury, though. Noah Witzke led the Cardinals with two wins, uh, 200 backstroke and a 50 free. Audrey Dusher was the top performer on the women's side, finishing second in the 200 free and 200 back. There was also a win in the relay as Witzke, Wheatman, Atwood, and Gertz posted a winning time of 3.32. Anyway, on to the top performer of the recap. It's hard to go against the fact that Kira probably deserves the top performer considering everything she's accomplished during this stretch. But we're going to make it a rule that we can only give uh, a person a top performer once a year or once a season. Uh, I think this time the on the hill top performer of the recap will be Mason Alexander. He had two 20 point games along with a 25 point game on 9 of 13 shooting. So he played some great basketball, some highly efficient basketball over this time. So we wanted to reward him with the on the hill top performer of the recap so congrats mason also side note sports are sports are going to start getting really busy this semester um, a lot of sports that would have taken place in the fall got moved to the spring thus basically like every sport is playing this spring which is going to make it extremely difficult to do these recaps because there's going to be things happening everywhere 
We're going to have baseball, softball, volleyball, tennis, golf, football, soccer. Um, you know, everything is going to be happening this semester. Um, so we're going to try our best to recap everything. Um, but as you can imagine, it's going to be difficult. Just to give some context on how the seasons are going to be broken down um, this semester, I'm going to uh, give you everybody's season openers. Apparently, track and field is going to start tomorrow, the 16th of January, um, both men and women. Volleyball will start the 29th of this month. Um, tennis will, Men and women's tennis will start the 6th of February. Softball will start the 19th of February. Men and women's soccer will start the 26th of February. Both men and women's golf will start the 8th of March. Baseball will start the 9th of March. And football will start the 27th of March. So, obviously, everything will be starting up. It's going to be a crazy semester in the sports world. We're going to hopefully cover a lot of it and let you know about a lot of it. But, you know, we might not get to everything, and we apologize about that. But there's just going to be a lot to cover. And, you know, Jewel does a great job of posting everything on Twitter anyway, so if you want to get the information that way, that's a great way too, because that's how I get all of it anyway. Uh, thank you for another great sports recap, and look forward to seeing you in probably three weeks on another sports recap, somewhere around there. Thank you. Next week is a big week on campus, mainly because it's rush week. Um, and that's what we're going to kind of talk about today, mainly um, our experience at the fraternities. We got a few sound bites from the the head the head honchos at the fraternities, um, and we're going to play those for you. And I would like to say that um, I apologize that we're not making any uh, we're not talking at all about the sororities. Um, <laughs> well, there, there's kind of obvious reason why we're not doing that because we're not girls, and that's not our experience. But another reason is, is their, their social media, they do a fantastic job of promoting their thing. I feel like the sororities, they've given out plenty of information. So I'm not too worried that people aren't in the loop about that. But anyway, rush week starts or is next week. Um, and for people that are hoping to join fraternities by the end of next week, like the 22nd or something like that, they will know which fraternity they are in. For next year, um, me and Brendan are obviously, me, Brendan, and Jackson are obviously very excited about that process, um, and we're here to talk about it today. We are going to, let's see here, what order are we going to go in? I think we'll start off with, we'll start off go with like Fiji. Yeah, we'll start off with Fiji because they're the first one in the drive. They're also the first one that sent me their sound bites, so I guess they'll get awarded for the first people to Shout get. Shout out to Jack. Shout out to Jack. Jack did not send me his. It's a different person. It is Bennett. So we're going to take, I'm going to cut to Bennett talking. Here we go. Bennett from Fiji. When I came in as a freshman, I had zero intentions of joining a fraternity. It wasn't me. It wasn't my thing. I just wanted to focus on my sport and school, as I assume most students come to Jewel do as well. But after getting to know a couple of guys from the house and hanging out there, I realized it was more than what I thought it was. Next thing I know, I have the honor of being the president, and I cannot describe my excitement. Fiji and Greek Live as a whole provides that sense of community while providing countless fun experiences and perspectives throughout the years. Jewel is a small school, and this was a great way to meet people, get involved, and always have something to do. I was truly hesitant in the beginning, thinking it may be a distraction, that it wasn't my type of environment. But Fiji, it doesn't matter who you are, what you like to do for fun. If we feel someone would fit well in our fraternity, 
and they would feel very welcomed in a diverse yet close-knit group of guys. I always had guys around me wanting and helping me become a better version of myself in the classroom, on the field, and in my everyday life. It is our goal to turn boys into men and help them evolve into courageous leaders. For example, we have various committees and positions in our chapter that help develop leadership and gain new skills and experience. We work with our graduate brothers often, and they help with networking and finding our brothers' real-world opportunities. Fiji truly values each and every brother, and we are always trying to adapt and grow as a chapter, whether that's individual growth in our brothers or additions or successes to our house. An example is we recently created our Inclusion and Diversity Committee, and have been working with our mental health chair to ensure we focus on the development of our character and hold each other to a higher standard of morality. We have some brand new patio renovations, such as a beautiful stone fire pit, wooden benches around it, picnic tables, space heater, ton of yard games, a calisthenics set if the boys want to get some push-ups, pull-ups, or any kind of a workout in. We painted our basketball court, got two brand new basketball goals that we cannot wait to use when it warms up. And these are just a few examples, but there are a lot more coming as well. At Fiji, you will meet your best friends, create unforgettable memories such as our brotherhood ski trip to Colorado every year, have brothers to lean on as life happens, and grow as an individual. There's so many things that make Fiji special that cannot be explained, but only experienced. Joining Fiji was one of the best and most real experiences I've ever had, and will always be thankful for this brotherhood. I truly wish the freshmen get the opportunity to see how special and unique our chapter is, and how it will possibly impact their lives forever. Thank you, Evan, for the opportunity to be on this podcast. Take care. Really appreciate Bennett sending that to me um, and getting that taken care of. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about Fiji. I've been in the house twice, once to conduct an interview, and second time was just for the enjoyment of it um, or some event they held. Brendan's been in there more than I have, maybe. Yeah, I think I've been so. in there like four, four times, five times. Okay, so. Um, let's talk let's talk let's talk about the fiji house so the fiji house has a lot of people in it um they got they got a really cool they got a really cool basement they got this awesome projector thing um they got a pool table they got ping pong table um they uh i don't know what what else would you say brendan it's a really big house i mean all of them are huge but that one's pretty big um, they got a they got their own basketball court and like their own kind of patio thing, but each room probably has like three or four people in it. I want to say, um, and those are those are like on the second and third floor, which is mainly how most of the fraternities are. Um, and then they have this giant room on the first floor where everybody just kind of congregates. And then I guess the Fiji, like we know a few Fiji people from the golf team and stuff like that. So that's cool, um, and I enjoy everybody that's in there, obviously. Um, and I would, I think, I think for the most part, it's like for, I mean, I think a lot of soccer kids join that fraternity. Um, I think there's a lot of soccer and tennis players in there, yeah. And you'll you'll notice that throughout the process that uh, each fraternity kind of caters to a group of people, which I guess is good and bad. Um, but I think I think that's okay. Um, that's normally how most of these situations work out. Anyway, but anyway, I I think Fiji is cool. Uh, I really like the people in Fiji. It's definitely going to be a contender. I mean, they're all contenders. Obviously, I want to see what they all have to say during Rush Week, 
and it will be a big decision. But anyway, let's go on to KA, which which Hunter will have sent his clip, hopefully. Um, hasn't sent it right now. Um, but anyway, let's cut to Hunter. Hi, I'm Hunter O'Connor. I'm currently the president of Kappa Alpha. I'm a member of the football team, prior leadership, and was also previously a member of the student senate cabinet. I think people should go Greek because it's the best way to form social connections on campus, and it also provides a lot of resources for you in pretty much anything you'd like to do or become involved in, and that's personally why I joined. Within that, I think KA offers an incredibly rewarding and unique experience in how we aim to help each one of our members. A bid from us means that we believe you already have the tools to succeed, and that the three and a half years you'd spend as a member would only serve to hone those even more. This process has really shown through as we have a proud tradition of KA alumni around the country doing great things and then coming back and becoming involved in the chapter. We also have a huge emphasis on academics, which consistently sees us earn the highest GPA among the fraternities. Additionally, we are an incredibly involved house with every single one of our members involved in multiple student groups on campus, and we have the highest proportion of athletes among the three fraternities. So we offer a lot of opportunities to become involved. Um, If you're questioning whether or not to rush, I would encourage you to do so. At the most basic level, you don't actually have to accept a bid, and you can accept one in the future if you choose to. Uh, But not rushing can end up being a seriously missed opportunity for those looking to form deep social connections, uh, who are in search of academic resources, or even people who are looking to become leaders on campus. Uh, Thank you, and I hope to see a lot of new faces next week during rush. Okay, that's Hunter, um, KA, which, let's talk about the KA house. The the KA house is a little bit different than the Fiji house, um, particularly the rooms. The rooms have, uh, like, these cubby things. Um, You have a lot more privacy within each room compared to the other, the other fraternities. Yeah, Fiji, Fiji is a lot more close-knit, a lot more, like, I don't know how you want to say I mean, a simple way to put it is that KA is more private, and if you want your space, oh, Jackson, he wants to join. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, bud. Breaking news. What? What? Anyone on the NBA news right now? Well, Evan, look. James Harden just traded to the Nets, Oladipo to the Rockets. Nets? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. In a, three, in a three-team trade with the Nets, Rockets, and the Cavs, Jared Allen, Harris LeVert, they're all gone from Brooklyn. The, uh, that's, trade that four, sucks with Harris. Gosh dang Nets, it. Nets trade four picks away. And I think the Cavs got LeVert and Allen. Okay. And the, well, we really appreciate you informing about, us about that, but we have, uh, we have uh, rush things to talk about. <laughs> oh. So we we were in the process. We talked about Fiji, and we're on KA right now. Um, how would you how would you uh, compare and contrast the two? No, I think both frats are great. Um, I think you 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 can't really go wrong with either of them. It's really just who you connect with, you know. Yeah. Um, both houses are full of great guys. I know there's like kind of some majorities of teams in each house. I think KA is more football, if I'm not wrong. That's correct. And then uh, Fiji is more soccer and tennis. But, yeah, it's just really where your friends are and who you connect with more. So both are great for living and socializing. 
Yeah, we, I mean, we were saying in KA that it's a little more private. Like, if you want to be a little more private, you know, the room settings a little more private in your like living spaces compared to Fiji. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, KA is really cool. Uh, enjoyed our experience there. One thing I also liked about KA is you can uh, cook your own food, which is kind of cool. You can do that um, Fiji too. You can see you do that all the things I'm just now learning. Um, anyway, <laughs> I think that's kind of cool because I would like to learn more how to cook. Um, all the fraternities they have, like they normally have a cook there. I think to cook for them, but because of COVID, they couldn't. Um, anyway, on to the last fraternity, which I believe. LCA, which our man Garrett is going to give his soundbite, which will be played right now. You hear guys on campus talk about brotherhood, but you really can't understand how important the word and its meaning is to the brothers of Lambda Chi Alpha. I know I didn't when I first joined, but after growing and learning about each of the brothers, they have become an extension of my family. Everyone in the fraternity is with you through some of the most important and challenging times of your life and they help you create the best version of yourself, or in other words, a better man. My brothers are going to be at my wedding, my groomsmen even. They're the ones I call when I've had a rough day, or even when I just need someone to listen to me. These are the bonds that will stay with me for the rest of my life, and they will for you too. People go Greek for many different reasons. They're searching for a friend group. Some are looking for a home and someone an opportunity at a leadership role before their time is done. All those things can be found at LCA. LCA is different than the other organizations in such a way that we don't have pledges. We have associates. When becoming an associate, you have full voting rights in all fraternal matters and are able to take office. For example, we have two associates in officer positions right now. You also don't have to be in a leadership role to be involved. For instance, we have committees to create additions to the house to make it a better place for everybody, such as our new stone fire pit, or even our new sand volleyball court being built right now. And some of the members in these committees aren't in a leadership role, such as myself. We also have a strong academic support chapter. This allows you to get resources in and outside the house. We hope that we gave you a good background on who we are as a family and hope you consider becoming a part of our family and becoming a better man. Okay, that was Garrett. Thanks for sharing that LCA last fraternity. LCA, um, I have a little bit of experience in LCA um, and it was a great experience. Uh, a lot of people in there and very interesting people, you know, in both of the fraternities, both of the fraternities we've talked about, uh, we've mentioned sports teams that are necessarily in there. And in LCA, one thing you'll notice is that it's a really wide variety of people. And that's one of the one of the big positives I saw was that there wasn't necessarily any groups, uh, any groups of sports or something like that. There's obviously people in there that play sports. There's a lot of people that don't play sports, which is cool. It, it just has a, a lot of diversity when it comes to interests and just overall people in general which I think is really cool. Let's talk about the living situation. Um, it is a huge house and 
the rooms I went in were really cool. Um, a lot of space, a lot of space in there. Like some people don't even have roommates. So if you really want your space, um, LCA is the place for you. Um, do you guys have anything to say? First floor, they have like um, a big living room area with like a big TV. And um, I know that people, they like played like, I think they play games on it. Like, you know, you remember the game Quiplash? Or have you guys ever heard of that game? No, but. Well, oh, well, I don't know. They have like a big, big space for that. And then um pretty sure they have a kitchen too, but I, would, yeah. I think so. Um They also have a giant American flag, which is kind of cool. That oh, is. wow. Did and I just realized that? that, I guess. Like, you can see it when you drive by at night. That's us sharing our thoughts on Rush Week. I think all of us have, if we're being honest, all of us have a fraternity we would like to join. We're not going to mention which one that is um, just for – but anyway, it might change next week when, when they do Rush Week, which I don't really know how they're doing Rush Week. They haven't really sent out much about it, and I don't know what the plan is going to be. For those of you who are listening, um, if you are like – debating whether or not you should rush or not um i think my suggestion is to because like i think it's a really cool way to meet a whole bunch of people and um like even if you don't think you'll enjoy it like i didn't i wasn't fully set on joining a fraternity either but after going over to the houses and like talking to everybody um it is a really cool experience and like i think you should do it you should yeah well and i would also say that initially Initially, I had literally no interest, and I think it was because I had this stereotype from, like, big university fraternities of what it would be like, and I really didn't want to get involved with that, I guess you could say, um, but after going to the fraternities here at Jewel, they're a lot different, and I really like their vibe, so... Um, I think I think there's been a big switch for me, and I really want, to, I really hope, and want to join a fraternity um, within the next coming week. I guess you could say. So, anyway, that's our take on Rush Week. Um, I I would suggest signing up for it, especially considering this year, like we haven't got to meet that many pe new people. So I'm really hoping that the rush process will get to meet a few new people and have maybe a few new friends from the experience. But anyway. Um, we are now going to go to, uh, Morgan Wallen because why not? Obviously last episode, we talked heavily about Morgan Wallen, um, to preview his new album, Dangerous. And today we're going to, we're going to reflect on that album because there's lots to talk about, a lot to talk about. Me and Brendan posted our top five favorite songs on, uh, the Instagram. If you didn't see that. Brendan, you want to run through those real quick? My top five? Yeah, let's go through your top five first. Okay, um, currently my top five are only thing that's gone, more surprised than me, sand in my boots, wandering about the wind, and something country. And that is from one to five, people. You didn't say that the Correct. right way or the recommended way. But... Okay, so my top five is number five is warning number four is me on whiskey number three something country number two more surprised than me and number one somebody's problem an old song but still at the top 
Jackson, what are your top five? Top five is looks nothing like y'all's. So number one is your bartender. Number two is cover me up. Number three is living the dream. Number four, standing in my boots. Number five, uh, more than my hometown. More than my hometown is such a good song. I guess since you guys both have sand in my boots in the top five, I want to know why. Because it's such a sad song. And, like, I feel a lot of people can relate to that. You know, sad country is probably one of the best subcategories of, you know, the genre itself. You know, like sad country. You know, Luke Combs is really good at it. And Morgan Wallen is really good, too. Brennan? It's the first song that I listened to whenever the album came out, and it's just a really good story, like, written in the song, and it sounds amazing, too, the way he sings it, so. I would like to say that he started the live stream concert last night with that song. The Sand in My Boots, yeah, yeah. piano. Just, no just him and the piano, it was pretty good. It was mm-hmm. pretty freaking good. Um, anyone that you're questioning in my top five? Uh, I have you, a question for both of you. Why is why is your bartender not in the top five or either? It sucks. It's, it's a song that people that you put out that just connects too easily with people. It's a it's a it's a, a cookie cutter song. That's the way to put it. I would agree with that because the fact that I can't even like sing the refrain right now means that it's not that good. Well, no, I don't even know what refrain means. So, oh my <laughs> gosh, it's okay. I'm not saying it's a ter- it's a bad song. It's just not. A top five. It's a very generic song. Um, but then so, again, if you think, no, it's not. Never mind. Um, I was gonna say that <laughs> on the last podcast, I said that it would take me till summer to memorize this album. I would like to say I am. It is not gonna take me till summer. Um, we are. We're probably like twenty-eight percent of the way memorized. Um, That's it. You know. <laughs> What what would you say you're at? I'm at least over fit. I'm at like pushing seventy five percent easily. Even like the verses, like obviously, like I can, yeah. I can, like, like I know all of, yeah, yeah. I no, you I can, I'll you prove talk. it to you when I, we get back on Sunday. I'll prove it to you. We're going to drive. Oh, you already know that's the first thing we're doing on Sunday. Okay, <laughs> we already have. Well, we're we watching watch the, the Chiefs game. game. Yeah, let's see here. It is it better than his first album? Yes, yes, it's way better. This is probably one of the best country albums, honestly. Okay, the only reason it's okay. I made I made a statement to Evan the night it released that it would be album of the year guaranteed and possibly album of the decade, but it's kind of unfair to say that because it has. 30 songs in it. It has double the amount of songs, and I don't know. Which is uh, also, it's a bold-ass statement to say album of the decade because it's the freaking first year or second year or whatever, but... Well, I would like to say that you guys, you guys don't know this because you didn't watch the live stream last night, but he explained why he he uh, felt that this was his best album or better than the last, which obviously he's going to say, but he explained it that the first album he rushed out and he wasn't really invested in it as much as he has this one. And because of the year we've lived in, he said he got really invested in this album and put a lot of energy into it. So that's good to hear. And 
I would, I think, I'm thinking I'm coming around after hearing him say that, after, you know, really getting I was going to say, there's no way you can't say that this album is better. It is better. It is better. Like, and not even, if you take the amount of, if you compare the amount of good songs, even, even splitting this album in two, it, each, each part has more better songs than the last one. Yep. I would agree with that. What do you guys think is going to be like the hit? the hit song off the album like like the biggest one sand in my boots no sand in my boots will be probably the probably it will be a hit but it's not gonna be the biggest one i think um the two the two i'm thinking of is wasted on you and neon eyes i like neon eyes that's a really good one too i think I, I don't know. There's just too many songs to be able to decide. Well, Wasted on You, interestingly enough, Wasted on You was, was the top played song on the album since it's been released, which I thought was interesting. Interesting. Um, and because Spotify released the top 10 of debut, of the top 10 debut albums and debut songs for this past week, and obviously Dangerous was the number one album. And then six of the top, six of the top 10 songs were from this album. Was your bartender on that? And um, uh, your bartender was not. It was wasted on you. Sand in my boots. Eight six five. Warning. Neon eyes and more surprised than me. In the U.S., all thirty of his songs were in the top fifty um, on the charts. Yeah. Well, and the number one song that came out this week, which still makes me mad, it's the girl from Bizarre Vark. <laughs> Have you what? heard this? Yeah. It's kind of been on TikTok. What is Bizarre Vark? <laughs> it used to be a Disney Channel show. It was the one with that Jake Paul was on. Driver's license. I never watched that. Yeah. Driver's license. Yeah, no, that's blowing up on TikTok. Special. Oh yeah, what the? I know. It's not even a good song. That that seems like a song Gabby would like. <laughs> oh, it's. I know it is. Yeah, no, Gabby. Like Gabby's just telling me. She told me what it was, and she does not like it. She thinks. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. All right. Was it like, I got my driver's license last week no. or something like that? <laughs> if Luke Combs or like Eric Church, if they don't release anything this year, he's definitely got uh, the album of the year in the bag, I think. I think it's good enough to last the whole year to be on the top charts for sure. So, What are you guys' least favorite songs from it? Boat, uh, boat something? Is it just like Boat? Need a Boat? Need a Boat. Hey, yeah, that's my dad's favorite song. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I just, I'm not a boat guy, so it doesn't re- resonate with me. Resonate with me? That's the word. Um, um, Silverado for sale. Oh, no. It's either that, it's either that or blame it on me. Both of those shouldn't even be in the. I like blame it on me. Oh, oh, whiskeyed my way isn't great either. Okay, cool, cool. My okay, my my least favorite, the bottom three on my list are whiskeyed my way, country, a s, and heartless. Heartless is a good song. The original one was, but the new album mix. Oh, you don't like that one? Nah. Okay, well. I think that's enough album talk. We're now going to get into, I know this podcast is kind of all over the place, but we're now going to get into what Jackson wants to talk a lot about, which is NFL football, which is pretty big this weekend because it is the divisional round. 
So we're going to go game by game, make our takes. Um, looking Ooh. forward to this weekend. The first game on the slate is the Packers versus the Rams. They play at a mid-afternoon game on Saturday. What's your take? Well, I just want to say that the Packers are probably the best team in the NFL right now. Besides the Chiefs, I don't think the Rams really have a chance. They went up against the Seahawks team who, for some reason, just fell off. Their defense was terrible. And the Rams exposed that with their rookie running back, Cam Akers. Uh, I don't see Akers popping off against the Packers defense, um, especially Jared Goff. You know, I don't think he'll be any factor against the defense. And plus, even if he is doing good, it's not enough to stop Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you know, the future MVP and probably the offensive player of the year in Devontae Adams, I mean. It's, it's not going to be a close game, in my opinion. I think the Packers probably win this game by 20. Yeah. I, I, I think the Packers are going to win. Also, another big factor, weather. Rams are coming from L.A. and they're going to freaking Green Bay. Which no, yeah, great. It's going yeah. to be in the mid-20s, which is probably pretty warm for that time of year. Um, but, yeah, the Rams are going to the Rams are going to suffer, and the Packers are just going to destroy them. I mean, the Packers will win. That's really all that matters. <laughs> okay. I got the – I mean, yeah. Not going to be a blowout, but the Packers will win. Okay. On to next game, Ravens versus Bills. Saturday night game. Jackson? So, the, the one thing about this game is, is since the Ravens beat the Titans last week, uh, a lot of people are riding high on them, especially with Lamar running for over, what was it, like 150. He outran Derrick Henry by almost 100 yards which is crazy. I mean, their defense is really locked up. But the Titans uh, – sorry, the Bills, they're, they don't run the ball, right? You know, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss is out now, so they, they're not going to run the ball. It's going to be Josh Allen. Uh, if the Ravens can find a way to contain Josh Allen, they win this game. Lamar Jackson is too good, and I don't see him rushing for under 100 yards, even though that Bills defense is really good. But just with the way Allen is playing and their offensive coordinator – uh, balling out future head coach of the Chargers, hopefully. Uh, Brian Dable, just quick plug. But, I mean, just with how good that offense is and how good the secondary is for the Bills, I still see them winning, but I think it's going to be really close. But if Lamar Jackson rushes for 150 yards, they can ease, they easily win it, you know. Okay. So it's really just going to be about containing and keeping to their assignments, you know. Okay, well, my my take is I find this – this game very, very similar to the Ravens-Chiefs game last year. So I think the Chiefs obviously struggled a lot last year in the regular season struggle. I mean, they went 10-6, and six, but they didn't, like, destroy, like, say, they did this year or the year before that. Um, but they got hot in the right moment, and I think the Ravens are doing the exact same thing. I think they're getting hot in the right moment, and they're just going to kind of go through and roll, roll the bills kind of like we did the Ravens last year. So I think it's going to be a good game, but I think the Ravens will win. And another thing too, like if the Bills get out on top early with Josh Allen, you know the Ravens don't want to pass with Lamar. I mean he's he's effective with it, but their bread and butter is running the read option, the triple option. You know, running with getting the ball on the ground. And uh, so if the Bills get out early, I don't think they'll be looking back. You know, Brendan, anything? I see the Bills taking this one ten times out of ten. 
Next game up will be the Browns versus Chiefs, which starts five minutes after we can move in, which I'm kind of disappointed about because I wanted to watch the game at college, which we're still going to watch the game at college, but probably going to miss the first quarter. I'm getting everything in my room. All you got to do is just take everything into the room, set it down, worry about it later. But my thing is, uh, speaking of move-in day, do you think it's just going to be complete chaos at 2 p.m.? No, because I think a lot of people have already moved in. You know? Yeah, they have. Like, it's not. I don't think it's. It's not definitely not going to be as bad as the first move-in day. Yeah, it's just going to be. Okay. Well, anyway, back to okay. back to football. Back to football. Browns versus Chiefs. Jackson's been talking up his his take on this game for a long time. So here it is, Jackson. Here's your opportunity. You, hey, how about no? How about me and you? We do our take, then he takes it away. Okay. Chiefs Chiefs are going to win this game pretty easily. Um, not too worried about it. I think it'll be a good game, but I think the Browns are too exhausted from last week. And um, they're just going to be riding too high into this game, and the Chiefs will just beat them down. After watching last week, I see this. This is going to be probably – I don't know. I, I can't say that. Uh, it's just it's going to be a close game, but, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to take the W. 44 to, like, 31. Jackson? Oh. Okay, can y'all hear me? Yep. It's here, bud. All right. So, so you guys, you know, you're talking about this being an easy game for the Chiefs, and that's what everyone thinks. But trust me when you listen to this, you know, the Browns, obviously, they went on the backs of their running backs and, and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Listen to this. When the running, when the leading rusher on the Browns, either Chubb or Hunt, when they rush for seventy plus yards, they're ten and two this season. Okay, and that's with Chubb missing five games due to injury. He still ran for a thousand yards. Kareem Hunt ran for eight forty one. They combined for eighteen touchdowns, and Hunt adding five on the ground. You know, they're the third best rushing team in the league, and that's important because when you look at the Chiefs' defense. They're 25th in the league in stopping the run. Okay, so obviously this is going to be the game plan for the Browns is to get the ball on the ground, control the game clock, and keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. Because when you look at the Chiefs, you know, and their weapons with Mahomes, obviously he's the best quarterback in football besides Rodgers. I mean, this season Rodgers just balled out. But if, but if I'm the Chiefs, you know, I'm not taking this lightly at all. You know, you're going to want to get it to Kelsey. You know, the Browns – are allowing 11 touchdowns this season to tight ends, uh, 10 yards per, per reception on 97 catches for tight ends. And that's 27th in the NFL for the Browns defense. You know, they're really bad at covering the tight ends, which is important because the best player on the Chiefs besides Mahomes is Travis Kelsey. Uh, and plus, whenever you get Travis Kelsey going, you know, he played 15 games this year, sitting out the last one against my Chargers which they lost. Just want to say that. But when he had he had 14 games with 50 plus receiving yards and the Chiefs won 13 of those games. The only one they lost was against that heartbreaking Raiders game uh, in week I forget. But uh, and then he only had one game under 50 yards and that was against the Broncos in week 7 at 31. So obviously with the Browns being terrible at covering tight ends this year, that's what Andy Reid's going to do. He's going to say get it to Kelsey, let him work. You know, 10 those 10 plus yards per reception that Kelsey averages, it's deadly, especially in long third downs and just keeping drives alive. Now, when you look at Tyreek Hill, 
his moment is going to be, you know, getting out deep. The Browns are really bad at also covering receivers. They're the fourth worst team when guarding wide receivers. They give up 13 yards per reception, and Tyreek Hill averaged almost 15 yards per reception. His long playability makes him a very dangerous factor, so the Browns are really going to have to decide here who they want to stop. Do they want to take away the long ball, or do they want to take the underneath? Personally, I think the Browns are going to want to take away Kelsey, and they're going to take their chance with a Tyreek Hill, as the long ball is a really you know, 50-50 shot. I think if you stop Kelsey – you can stop the Chiefs and you can win this. You can win the game. So, I don't think this is going to be a very, very boring game. I don't think the Chiefs are going to run away with this. I think the Browns are ready to come out. I mean, last week we looked at the Steelers game. They didn't even have their head coach in. You know, so now they get their head coach back on the field with them, calling the plays. You know, they're going to look really good. And I think Kevin Stefanski, which is the Browns head coach, is a brilliant young mind and young coach in the league, and he's really going to show everybody what it is. You know, for the Browns to win this game, you know, they're really going to have to obviously stop Patrick Mahomes, but they're going to have to keep the ball on the ground and create some turnovers, okay? Miles Garrett on the defensive line had 12 sacks this season. He's going to have to get to Mahomes, make him uncomfortable. And like I said, take away Travis Kelsey. And the Chiefs win by just playing their game and stopping the run. It's really simple as that. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout at all. I think it's going to be a really close game, a really defensive game. And that's why, uh, with everything said, I still have the Chiefs winning. But it's going to be 24-18, you know, a six-point spread. All right. Wow. A lot of words there. Um, <laughs> I like to take um, – so we're all going with the Chiefs on that one. Um I really appreciate the effort, Jackson. That was beautiful. I learned a lot. Well, look, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs of the KC team, and I just want to yeah. just put that Let out the there. I thought know. that was the only game we were doing. I wasn't prepared for all four. <laughs> okay. Saints versus Bucks. I think this is going to be the best game to watch. I think it'll be the yeah. closest yeah. game. Um, I think the Bucks are going to win, sadly. The Saints have no playoff luck whatsoever, um, and I feel like something bad is going to happen again. So, sorry, Saints fans. Well, I was I was also going to disagree. I got Saints winning it just because, I mean, Drew Brees could be his last year. And I think Tom Brady, he definitely isn't retiring this year no matter what happens. He's going to be staying at least one more year. And he's not going to take anything lightly out on the field. So I think the Saints are going to win this one. It's going to be a shootout for sure. And with Michael Thomas being back in the Saints lineup and Kamara obviously being – probably the best running back besides Derrick Henry in football this year. I mean, the Bucks defense is good, but I just think that with the offense of the Saints having all their weapons, uh, minus Taysom Hill, I don't know if he's playing. I know he got banged up against the Bears, but, you know, I think Tom Brady can definitely pull something off. Obviously, he's Tom Brady, but I think I just see the Saints winning this game. Uh, probably going to be within 10 points, but, yeah, it's going to be a good one. So I have the I have the the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Packers, and the Bucks winning. The Chiefs, Bills, Packers, Saints. That's it. I agree with Jackson. Chiefs, Saints, Packers, Bills. All right. <sighs> okay. Well, that's our take. It'll be a good I mean, weekend of football. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Okay, so I wanted to say what our 
which I haven't really told Brendan this, but I wanted to say our goal for – You mean Jackson? No, I haven't – I literally haven't told you this either. For our goal for the podcast yeah. this semester. Our what? Our goal for the podcast this oh, semester. Oh, okay. So, I think our – They said roles. I was like, what do you mean? What are we doing now? I think our goal for the podcast should be and will be to interview only freshmen. We are going to try our best to get to know our classmates better because I feel like there's no events, there's nothing really, or any opportunities for us to get to know our classmates better. And that's been kind of unfortunate. I don't feel, I feel like for almost everybody on campus, they're really only friends with the people that they play their certain sport with. And that's just because they interact with them and there's really no other opportunity to meet anybody. So in honor of that, um, we're going we're gonna to try our best to interview more freshmen this year or this semester. Yeah, that's going to be our goal this semester is to interview people. And fun fact, Brendan, I already got the first one lined up. So that's Ooh. cool. Uh, this kid that was in my responsible self class online, and he always tells me how great the podcast is. So, <laughs> Sweet. Uh, and, and we've communicated back and forth. So he's going to uh, do – do the first one. Um, but if you're a freshman and you want to get interviewed or, you know, want to meet us or whatever, the goal, the goal is to meet more, more freshmen. Um, I want to meet more freshmen, get to know my classmates better. And we want to, if you're a freshman listening and stuff like that, and you hear somebody on the podcast that sounds cool or something like that, or you're like, Oh, I listened to them on the podcast. Um, and you want to go up and say hi to them or whatever. We're just trying to we're just trying to do our part to make our community better because I feel like, you know, given the certain situation we're in, it's kind of hard to do that. Let us know if you want to be interviewed. We're going to reach out to some people and yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode 12 and stay golden pony boy. Yeah, that's our that's our new call off. Um yeah. Roll the outro. Thank you.